All right, everybody. Welcome to the Fans Edge Sports Talk Podcast, hosted by Mike and Essex. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, Instagram, and also, since you're on YouTube, just go ahead and subscribe right now. And also hit that like button. That's how we're going to get more people in this chat so that we can all go ahead and join this discussion. Uh, We'll be bringing you live shows and quick takes and posting them on all our social media platforms. Please like and subscribe to our podcasts and videos so you can get the latest right away. Let's go ahead and uh, get into the show. Uh, We're going to start off with our opening conversation talking about how has it been being quarantined these last few days. Might as well talk about it. Uh, Essex, man, how has it been for you being quarantined these last few days? Just stuck in the house, man. That's it. Yeah. Let us know how, how's it been you being quarantined in the uh, in the house these last few days. Uh, well, really, what I've been doing while I've been quarantined, I've just been you know doing a lot of you know self reflecting. I then did a couple workouts. You know, I've obviously just been really just looking out my window, missing sports, but. In these times, I've just tried to, you know, stay positive and keep my spirits up. Hey, I understand that. Definitely got to keep your spirits up. I know that this is trying times. Uh, we are a very social community now, especially with all the technology. We all want to know what what's everybody doing, what's going on. And the one time you feel like, hey, you can't go outside your house or anything like that. It's definitely hard. Well, for me, uh, I definitely have gotten outside. I have went out on my patio. I've done a lot of grilling and meal prepping on my grill, so I'm still trying to eat a little bit healthy. You know, they say grilling is the best way to do that. So I've been drinking a lot more, which I'm not really a, a drinker, but I have been consuming some wine, trying out some good Cabernets, And also, you know, I was playing with my daughter, but she went to go see her grandparents this weekend just so that we can get the house adjusted for this time and just get everything, you know, together and in order for when she comes back. But, I mean, I I really can't complain. I'm able to stay at home, spend time with my family. My biggest complaint is is I'm a working guy. I have great work ethic, and I do miss working and making some money. So right now I haven't really felt any negative effects of it, but financially and paying bills, I'm pretty sure that I am going to feel it. But all we can do is just stay positive and just keep it pushing, man. So yeah. Uh, and the top news stories, I, I, I want to go ahead because this is the most recent one. Let's talk about my man, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray has something posted on his Instagram account of – him getting oral, <laughs> oh, bro. oral sex uh, on Instagram. I ain't he taking said, the bait. He I ain't taking the bait. He was hacked, bro. He know he wasn't. He said he that, he that was wasn't no hack. That wasn't no hack. That, I mean, he was he was just a little off the hand, a little bit messed up. He that wasn't no hack, but 
Hey, I, if I was in the same position, yeah, I would say I was hacked. That's what all these celebrities do when they, when they, when stuff happens. I mean, he could have been hacked. I find it highly unlikely. I really think he was just My thing lonely. Is, how do you get hacked with that? Like, yeah. How do you get hacked with that? that? That's the thing, man. Uh, hopefully they can find something. He can come up with a better excuse or anything like that, but terrible excuse. Uh, he need to be quarantined as well. I don't know. That's probably how these uh, celebrities end up getting this coronavirus. All of these uh, basketball players need to stop having all that sex with these girls. But they did find out who the girl was. She is a beautiful young lady. Want to say that. Ain't nothing wrong. I figured, you know, everybody going to be inside. That's the if you inside with somebody, that's probably what's going to end up happening. So let's talk about uh, the Bill O'Brien and DeAndre Hopkins story, because, you know, it was basically told by our man uh, on TV. Michael Irvin came out and said what he was told by DeAndre Hopkins. And DeAndre Hopkins has said that it's been blown out of proportion. But I just feel like that's politicking. He's going to have to come out and say that. But what was said was, Bill O'Brien started the meeting off saying the last time he had one of these discussions, it was with a guy named Aaron Hernandez. Uh, he also went ahead to say, oh, excuse me. He also went ahead to say, that he did not like his baby mama issues, uh, saying that he didn't like his baby mamas being all around and that he had too many baby mamas and all of that stuff. For one, I'm just I'm just going to go ahead and give my take on this. For one, I have not seen anything negative about DeAndre Hopkins in the media to compare him to anyone of Aaron Hernandez. Uh, I'm just going to kill that right there. So that was definitely terrible. And also, you're mad that his baby mamas are around? Let's talk about the different guys who don't have their baby mamas around, do not support them, do not pay child support. And we have not heard anything negative about this man not paying child support or anything like that. So if he's in the lives of his baby mothers, that means that he is in the lives of his children. That is a partnership. And that's something that we should be commended. And so I... I don't know, man. I've been hearing a lot of negative things about uh, Bill O'Brien since this has came out and how he has talked to different players. Give me your take on this Bill O'Brien situation, man. Man, honestly, I don't know what to make of it. Bill O'Brien is just he's, – he's drunk off power right now, I guess, because the trade was really stupid. If you're going to trade – away a centerpiece of your offense at least get something back that's close to the value of deandre hopkins right the fact that he's talking about he didn't he had hadn't had to have a meeting like this since aaron hernandez those are big words like i don't like that he shouldn't have even invoked those words because i've never once heard anything anything bad about deandre hopkins in the media at all but i can understand why DeAndre is trying to downplay the whole situation because nobody really wants that that diva label on their name because you see what it brought AB and you see what it brought Odell. So it's just a it's a weird situation. I just feel like if he's performing on the field, 
whatever he's doing off the field, as long as it's legal, shouldn't really matter. I definitely agree with that, man. I, I 100% agree. And what he's doing off the field doesn't matter. And the trade was definitely compared to a ham sandwich. And, I mean, like you said, they didn't get much value from that at all. But uh, let's go ahead. Anybody that knows me knows how much I love college football, knows that I had started a college fantasy league last year, and I didn't win it. I was close, but I did not win it. Um, one of our uh, followers, actually, Jamario Smiley, he ended up winning it in our group. He won't win Nick this year. I'm telling you, he will not win again. I'm, I'm coming for that title. Uh, and Essek, you, you played last year. I, I don't really know. You know, your team was looking like the Tampa Bay Vipers. No, I'm just playing. But we're going to go ahead and have a little college football fantasy draft on here. And we're going to start off with the QB position. And we'll just uh, flip-flop back and forth, kind of like how it is on a draft. It's only two of us. So we're going to flip-flop back and forth. Uh, you can go first. You pick your quarterback, and then I'll go first with the running backs, and then you go first with the you know wide receiver, so-and-so, back and forth like that. All right. Go ahead and give me your quarterback. You want me to go first, huh? Yeah, go ahead. You want to see, see? You want to see what I got first? I know what you're trying to do, Mike. You ain't slick. Uh, but <laughs> for my quarterback, I have Vince Young out of Texas. Vince Young, hold on, hold on, hold on. Are are we talking? Because I, I thought we was talking. Uh, you know, this upcoming 2020. You're talking about all all around. Because I was yeah, talking. No, no, about, no, no, no. I was talking about like. As All right, you didn't. We can you do twenty twenty two. Yeah, because yeah. I, I I went ahead and did the twenty twenty because that's the the uh what, what what the I felt like what the people wanted to talk about. I went ahead and kind of ranked my top three, but I'm going to go ahead and choose uh, Justin Fields. Man, he was ranked, and everybody can call me a little Ohio State homer. It is what it is, but he was ranked third in the Heisman race. Also predicted to win the Heisman, and. You have a great quarterback, I mean, a great coach in Ryan Day, and we've seen what Ryan Day's offense has been able to do. I can only see him actually getting better in this offense, now grasping the entire full playbook. You know, they, they were giving him bits and pieces each game, each game, and now he's able to grasp the whole entire playbook. He has a whole offseason to rework on this playbook, and I, I'm only expecting to see better things out of him. So Justin Fields will definitely be my, my first pick with quarterbacks. Uh, going into, into uh, running backs, I'm going to go ahead and pick my man, Travis Atien from Clemson, man. He ran for 1,649 yards. But what really impressed me is in that Ohio State game, they really wasn't able to get a rushing attack going in that semifinal playoff game. They used him in the in the passing game. So his receiving yards were definitely high, and he showed that he was able to make plays with the ball in space. And I think that that is also a, a key. That's why you have players like Ezekiel Elliott getting drafted higher because of what they were able to do with getting the ball in space and being more of not just a running back, but also a receiver as well. 
What running back do you got? My running back, since I did a little bit back in the day, I I had Reggie Bush at the USC. You know, he was just that deal. He was unstoppable. Uh, I hated USC and still kind of hate USC to this day. Reasons unknown, honestly. But you can't deny the greatness Reggie Bush had in college. Yeah, I mean Reggie Reggie Bush was definitely a beast for sure. Uh, going into uh, wide receivers, man, you you go ahead and get your first one out there, and you might as well just go ahead and talk twenty twenty because there's a plethora of wide receivers, you know, this year. Okay, facts. Well, with my first receiver, I took. You already know, the boy from the everything school. Percy Harvin. Oh my goodness. Mercy, Mercy. I, said, I said go with 2020. Go with 2020. 2020 wide receivers. Go with 2020 wide receivers, bro. Like the receivers that's going to be in college. Like we're doing college fantasy. Go with the receivers that's going to be in college this coming year. All right. Well, he's having some technical difficulties. I'm gonna go ahead and draft mine. Uh, my wide receiver is definitely going to be Jamar Chase out of LSU. This guy is an absolute beast, and what he was able to do. Yes, he had the best quarterback of all time in college, in college sports, in college football, um, and Joe Burrow. But what Jamar Chase was able to do with the ball in his hands. And also his catch radius, I think, was just amazing. And he's going to definitely be a top pick in the draft uh, after he comes out. Yeah, sorry. I was having a little bit of technical difficulties. You know, it comes with it. Sorry. Uh, I like Jamar Chase, though. Jamar Chase is a really good, really good pick. I feel like he's going to do big things in the NFL. I feel like he slept on, really slept on. I hope my Colts get him, actually, but. We'll get into that later. All right, go ahead. What's your 2020 wide receiver pick, your first one? Oh, I will have to take T. Higgins out of Clemson. My boy, we see what he did. He didn't make that many plays in the game against y'all because he was kind of hurt. But when he was out there, he did make some big plays. So, and just his resume overall – his his resume overall speaks for itself. Just big, fast, runs routes really clean. Just a good receiver overall. I go with that. Uh, my next wide receiver, and I'm gonna go ahead and go to the Big Ten because when this guy is healthy, I really don't understand who can stop him. Uh, if anybody remembers the 2018 season and what this guy did to the Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, my man, Rondell Moore. This guy is a beast, man. I mean, he's fast. He can get the ball out of the backfield and make you miss. He can get the ball on the screen and take it 50 yards or 100 yards or whatever he got to do. And once he gets out there in space and gets to the second level, makes one man miss, I don't see anybody that can catch him. This is someone who, when he comes out and goes in the draft, I'm going to be interested in seeing his 40 time. But also seeing how this all translates 
to the next uh, to the next level. Uh, you were talking about uh, you were talking about um, you know Percy Harvin. I actually get that type of feel from Rondell Moore. I think Big that facts. this guy is very very elusive, and I'm actually uh, excited to see him. I believe I think this is his third year. I think that this will probably be his last year in college. So if you don't watch Big Ten football, you definitely need to be keeping your eyes on Rondell Moore and watch some more Big Ten football this year. True. I slept on the Big Ten, I'm not going to lie, for a little while. But y'all y'all out there doing some things. I mean, it's arguably one of the best conferences in the in the uh, nation. I mean – <laughs> You're right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cap. You're right. All right. Go ahead and give us your second wide receiver. Uh, I'm gonna take my boy Van Jefferson out of Florida. My Is boy. He gonna, he gonna have somebody to throw to him this year. I mean, I mean that's the key. It depends. He's real smooth, real, real route runner. He can really do it all. Smart, quick with his feet. Will Emory Jones be there? Sometimes I hope so. Will Kyle Trash start more than likely? So I don't know. We'll see. We'll have to see. I mean, because now there's film on Kyle Trash. And those those five-yard, ten-yard passes that, you know, he's known for being one of the best quarterback at throwing. I mean, now there's film. And now there's ways defensive coordinators can break on that. So, that's just my biggest thing I'm worried about is, you know, the quarterback situation for these wide receivers as well. You know, I did pick Jamar Chase, and like I said, you know, he doesn't have Joe Burrow anymore. So he's going to have to show us more. All right, going into tight ends, man. You got any uh, 2020 tight ends coming out? I mean, yeah. I I hate to sound like a homer here, but I'm going to go with my, my guy Kyle Pitts from the Everything School because – you got to think about it. We moved Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts came to Florida as a receiver. We just moved him to tight end because he was just so big. We didn't we didn't know what else to do with him. And now that you see him there, you see how he's prospering, learning. Really, all he has to do is get better at his blocking. And I feel like he will be a complete tight end because who he's too big for DBs and he's too fast for linebackers. So. I agree, man. Kyle Pitts was definitely a beast, and uh, he was also pivotal in some of you all's top games. <laughs> I mean, I, that's another uh, tight end that I'm definitely interested in seeing translate at the next level because there's this there's this push from, you know, your traditional tight ends to these hybrid tight ends, and that's exactly what I believe that he is, is a hybrid tight end. Like Travis Kelsey, hybrid tight end, you know, Guys who aren't don't just get in and block, but you can kind of put them out and kind of put them in the slot and see them work work against you know smaller defensive backs and things like that. Definitely a matchup nightmare. Uh, defensive wise, uh, I might shock a little bit of you all with this, and I, I, uh, I all right, I'm gonna name. I got like three defenses that I wrote down here because I just wasn't sure what you were gonna pick first. I got Clemson. Alabama and Ohio State. Now, you you can say I'm a homer or whatever with the Ohio State one, but that's not who I'm going to pick. Uh, Clemson last year was a young defensive 
was a young defense, and they still were one of the top defenses in the nation. Alabama, I told everybody preseason how young they were, and with their center, I mean, with their senior middle linebacker being out, that ah, they're going to have some issues. But I can't bet against the best defensive coordinator in college football, Brett Benavides. I'm going to have to go with Clemson, rock with them. Yes, they lost. Uh, what's his name? Simmons. Probably one of the best defensive players in this draft other than Chase Young. Uh, I'm really excited to see what Clemson is going to be able to do because now they're going to have experience and also depth to back up this uh, top defense that they have. Yeah. Well, going into 2020, uh, a defense I'm excited to see is y'all's actually, the Ohio State defense. I want to see what y'all are going to do without Chase Young, without uh, Okuda. I, I know, I know you always say good team, uh, elite teams don't rebuild, they reload. So I'm Jeez. just, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just Jeez. trying to see how y'all, how y'all reload. Right. You Plus know, y'all, everybody. y'all got Kerry Combs back. So I know y'all DB is going to be straight. So I'm just excited to see what's going to happen. Right. I mean, I, I'm very excited to see, you know, and, Everybody said, hey, what y'all going to do without Joey Bosa, you know, and bam. Next thing you know, you had Nick Bosa, Sam Hubbard come out, Jalen Holmes, and then, you know, right when Nick Bosa goes down and everybody's like, well, what y'all going to do? Your de- your defense fell off last year, but they didn't know. Chase Young at the end of the season came out and said that he was dealing with uh, ankle injuries and stuff like that and showed that – he had to be battling some ankle injuries or some type of injury because this man did something that we see that we haven't seen in generations on the defensive line. So, I mean, next man up, I- I'm really excited to see who the next person is going to be, uh, especially defensive end wise, because that's what Ohio State is known for pushing out. Uh, let's go ahead and go into uh, head coaching. Who would be your head coach? The hacker, Dan Mullen, offensive genius, offensive mastermind. Say not, say not, say Dan Mullen don't put our offense out there. <laughs> say Dan Mullen don't put our offense out there. Did you to... not watch the Florida Georgia game? Hey, I watched the offense. The, the, the Georgia Florida game came down to the defense. Todd Grantham wanted to stay in that. Poo poo zone defense, and we got shredded all game. I mean, look, one thing I know about Dan Mullen, like we we have to argue about who he gonna put in at quarterback, knowing that Emory Jones fits the system better, knowing that it's been put out on the record that this man wanted Cam Newton to change positions and not be and not be uh and not be a quarterback at all he he's the one what another reason why kind of cam newton got pushed out of florida but we got a uh one of our subscribers went ahead and posted said chase young is the best of them all definitely agree with that but he went ahead and said that nick saban is hands down the best Head coach, I'm not going 
with uh, Nick Saban, man. Uh, I'm going to go with Ryan Day. And everybody's like, you know, Ryan Day was not picked in the top 25 coaches last year. Don't know if he will be. Everybody's like, ah, this was just one season. But understand a program like Ohio State. This is not a program that went around and tried to find, you know, all these other different coaches. They only went after one coach, and they got their guy. That's right there should have told you something scary about Ryan Day. Another thing, we are seeing, you know, we're seeing this trend of how Lincoln Riley came in as a young coach, and he's really good. And right now in college football, you have to have a head coach that's offensive-minded or someone running the reins that can handle offenses. And I'm sorry, but I'm going to choose Ryan Day all day, or I'm going to choose Lincoln Riley, Riley all day over Dan Mullen because they showed me that they know how to put up points. Their defense might suck. The defense might mess it up. But they can put up points with the best of them. And that's what's going to take it for you to win the game. And so Dan Mullen being – I understand Georgia was one of the top best defenses last year. But you got to put up points. And Emory Jones is your guy to do that, to extend the plays. The boy can run. He can throw on the run. He got the D ball. And Dan Mullen, I, I, he, he knows a good quarterback when he sees one. But the, my biggest question is, does he know the elite quarterbacks, the elite ones? That's my thing with that. I feel like he, you are right. Lincoln Riley, Ryan Day, their offenses do put up points. Our offense is well, I'm just proving your point, but our offense is capable of putting up points. Very capable, yes. Have to find the right person behind center to do that job. Yeah. Hey, if, if you are watching us live, go ahead, put your comment in, and we will put it on the screen and talk about it. Thank you for joining the Fans Edge, and hope you like the show. Uh, we're going to go into uh, NFL, man. This free agency frenzy has been crazy. Uh, talking about guys like we already talked about DeAndre Hopkins getting traded, and he went to the Arizona Cardinals, right? With uh Larry Fitzgerald, you got guys like DeForest Buckner going to the Indianapolis coach, your team. You got guys like Nick Folks going to the Chicago Bears, where careers go to die. You have <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Big, uh, I mean, Stefan Diggs, I call him Big. Uh, going to the Buffalo Bills, man. I mean, just so many different uh, trades and things going on. But let's go ahead and talk about the deals that are done. Uh, starting off with my man Dak Prescott, man. He got fran exclusive franchise tag, and they say that the contract negotiations are still in the works. Talk to me about this Cowboys, my man. Oh, the Cowboys, they are – they're doing – I want to say they're doing a pretty good job this free agency. They were able to keep that. They were able to also re-sign Amari. But they had to let Byron Jones go. And I feel like that's going to be a little bit of a hit to their defense, which wasn't really all that in the first place. But – 
we'll see. Maybe they go in the draft and draft a, D, a DB that fits their scheme and what they need. <laughs> Our subscribers say you won't mention the Browns. That's a personal shot. I mean, I think it's personal when you got my man Odell Beckham on the trading block. I definitely think that's personal. And we have definitely talked about the Browns not being able to protect their franchise quarterback, got the franchise quarterback running all over the field, and then instead of being able to stand in the pocket, I mean, you got anything else for us about the Browns? Because we, we'll talk about it, but it don't never look too pretty for the Browns uh, whenever we do talk about it, man. I'm I'm sorry, Bruce. It is what it is, man. Uh, I mean, you can always, you know, the Browns, they do this thing where they always give you hope. They give you this hope. And then the next thing you know, they crumble at the end for some reason. It'd be in games. They could be up by two touchdowns, three touchdowns. And then all of a sudden, let the team come back and they score nothing, man. Uh, let's talk about uh, Marcus Mariota, man. He agreed to terms with not the Oakland Raiders, but now the Las Vegas Raiders, man. And I think this is going to either Derek Carr, I don't know, has he been traded yet? Or are they talking about trades? Or does he beat? Does he get to beat this uh, Derek Carr out, or does Derek Carr get a fire lit under him, and we get to see the old Derek Carr that was in running for top awards and being one of the top quarterbacks? I think this is Marcus Mariota' job uh, to go ahead and take, and I, I definitely see that happening for sure. Um, Derek Carr has fell off, and I just feel like Marcus Mariota will have the right head coach that understands offenses because Marcus Mariota is very, very, very smart, very intelligent. And I just think that this might be a match made in heaven. True. I feel like Mike Mayock is like, hey, Derek Carr, what you going to do? You going to, you going to, or you going to get off the pot? Which one you going to do? But it's been said that, Coach Gruden really loves Mariota. So I can see Mariota taking over the offense and doing what he needs to do because with Derek Carr, the Raiders did really – the offense really looked stagnant. I mean, did, didn't uh, Marcus Mariota go into – what was that, the little Gruden camp thing? Yeah. And, I mean, they kind of really hit it off there. If anybody hasn't watched it, I believe you can go on YouTube or you can go ahead and find it. But I believe Marcus Mariota and Gruden hit it off – Big time back then. So, I, like I said, I think this is a match made in heaven. Uh, we already talked about, you know, the Cowboys getting Amari Cooper, but we didn't talk about how much they paid the man. Whew. Whew. They paid that man. Uh, and my man Amari Cooper was saying all he wanted to see was nothing but dollar signs because this man is going to be making almost 20 million per year. 20 million per year. Now, if you go and you talk to some uh, Raiders fans, they're going to say he's not worth that. But I think that he was a pivotal part in the Cowboys' certain success. Uh, and I just feel like. Maybe Amari just feels a little bit better with the Cowboys now that he knows that he has some stability. I think Amari Cooper uh, can shine. Now, I do think that they're going to have to put someone on the other end 
to give, you know, the defenses something to worry about so that they just don't have to key down on Amari Cooper because I don't believe Amari Cooper is able to shine when he's being double teamed and things like that. For sure. Mark Cooper said, bring me my money. And yeah. Jerry Jones, Jerry Jones gave him that money. <laughs> yeah, he did. But so we're gonna fran- we gonna we're gonna franchise that. That gonna have to show us something. Amari, you didn't already showed us. That's what that's what I think is crazy because I think Dak has showed more than Amari Cooper has showed. So I just don't understand. For to sure. me, as a quarterback, I'm taking that as a personal shot. Straight up. But let's move on. Uh the LA uh Chargers, man. They go ahead and move away from Melvin Gordon. I don't I don't understand why they did that. I guess because of them not signing him earlier before the season. I think that there was some tensions growing there. And he ends up signing a two-year deal with the Denver Broncos with 13.5 guarantee. I mean, Melvin Gordon is definitely one of the top running backs in the league. He did battle some injuries, and you can say whatever you want about last year, but when you know something about running backs, you can definitely tell when someone is uh, hurt or battling something. And I just think Melvin Melvin Gordon is going to shine. The Denver Broncos and the way Elway likes to run his offense because you know he has a whole lot to, to say about how his offense is being ran. It's definitely a run-first offense and then go off of the play action. So what do you what do you think about this? It, it was one of those intriguing ones to me because, you know, he sat out almost all year, comes Half back, doesn't, season, yeah. doesn't, doesn't really have that good of a year. He's like, all right, I'm a test free agency anyway, goes to the Broncos. I am excited to see what he can do on that offense. They just have to find a quarterback for that offense. Is Drew Locke the answer? Possibly. He had he did show some things, but Melvin Gordon for the Broncos, they do ever since I have kept up with the Broncos, I've known one thing, and that's they like to run the ball to set up the pass. Right. So with Melvin Gordon, you got a running back that can that can do that. So we'll see. For sure, for sure, man. Uh Ty Gurley. I mean, you're talking about going from one of the highest paid top running backs to go ahead and just getting released. I thought that that was the the craziest thing out there that could could possibly have happened was how do you do this to Ty Gurley? But there are rumor mills showing that he does not have that good of a knee as they thought. He is battling some knee issues, and we do know what happened and and things didn't go as well with the with his knee when he was at Georgia. But he signs a one-year deal with the Atlanta Falcons, received a bonus of $7.5 million, and uh, the Rams, there is a uh, $2.5 million offset. So, I mean, one thing that the Atlanta Falcons have been missing is the run game. Uh, Freeman wasn't getting it done for them last year. I mean, you're talking about the Atlanta Falcons went from one of the top offenses you know, the year before to last year, not really doing much. So does this change their offense? Does this give it some hope? Well, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it'll give it a little spark. I, they gave him a one-year prove-it deal. Coming off a not-so-good season, bum knee. 
still having rumors about the knee. But at the same time, he's still young, so he could possibly still bounce back from this and everything be fine. He is either going to make himself a lot of money or he's going to lose himself a lot of money in this year. And this is another one of the the things that happened during free agency that I'm interest, interested to see play out. Same, same. All right, man. Your, your boy Eric Ebron signs with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right. And <laughs> he signs a $12 million deal with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I know the Steelers definitely always likes to use a tight end, uh, use them in different ways. Ben Roethlisberger has always been known for using his tight ends. Uh, the Their franchise tight end of all time, I feel like, is my man Heath Miller. So they're looking for that guy who has been able to replace him. They have gotten all these different top tight ends in, and they haven't really produced like Heath Miller, and I'm talking about an all-around. The Steelers like to use an all-around tight end, someone who can catch, someone who definitely can block for their running back. That is definitely huge. So is Eric Ebron going to be able to give the Steelers what they need? I mean, because he has had some regression in his development. I don't believe so. Mm. Yes. You asked me why we let go of Eric Ebron. and Right. To me, I feel the reason is, one, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is a slightly better tight end, but not really too much better. Jack Doyle is more of a possession tight end, whereas Eric Ebron can, you know, split out, run all these routes. And Jack Doyle can also block a little bit better, which is what we need because we also like to run the ball. So with that being said, Eric Ebron not being the best at blocking, and we have Jack Doyle, we let him go. I, he's also a diva. He was in the mm. locker room. I, I call him a diva. He might not actually be a diva, but he was in the locker room after one game. He was really upset with himself. I read an article about this. He was really upset about his, with himself and his performance. He was just really just like sitting there. You know how it is. After, you know how players get after they have a bad game. They get real down on their self. He was, they said he was just talking to himself, talking to himself, looked at one of his teammates, was like, hey, what's your name again? And he told him his name, and then he looked at another teammate and was like, hey, it's his fault. I wasn't doing this when he was here. Or, and then proceeded to just, like, go off wow. to the media. So, And then he also – I feel like he has a, a drop problem because in the two years he was with the Colts, he dropped the ball 14 times. Mm. Le- led the league – his first year with the Colts led the league in drops with nine. This – Past year, he was like fourth or fifth with five. So I had no problem with letting Eric Brown walk. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get into the uh, nitty gritty of the NFL free agency. We kind of saved the best for last because I want to talk about my man, Teddy Bridgewater, signs a three-year, $63 million deal with the Carolina Panthers and 33 million fully guaranteed. I mean, my man Cam Newton, I feel like there should should have been some loyalties, but there is new ownership in Carolina. So, you don't really get that those loyalties at all anymore, and obviously we all know Cam Newton has been battling injuries, putting his body on the line 
for this franchise and for this organization. And it just goes to show you how much of a business this is and that they can move away from you super easy. I mean, it, it's just that easy for them to go ahead and move away from you. Um, what, what do you think about this, man? Because I really wanted Terry Bridgewater to go ahead and stay with the Saints because I just believe soon as Drew Brees was done, that was a perfect, perfect role for him to go ahead and move into. Plus, it's not too much wear and tear on his body. Because what you got to think is, is also, yeah, Cam Newton did some running and some of the the injuries to his body can you can say was self-inflicted. But he also had to scramble out of that pocket a lot. So, I mean, Terry Bridgewater, is your offensive line going to be what you need it to be for you to be able to stay healthy? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, they have some, I'm pretty sure, some good picks in the draft so they could beef up and get some depth on that line. And then they um, – Joe Brady went to the Panthers, did he not? Joe Brady. No, I think they got Matt Rule. I think the Panthers got Matt Rule. Oh, yeah, I think Joe I'm, Brady, yeah. With Joe I'm Brady talking about offensive coordinator. coordinator. Yeah. yeah. So, so who knows what the offense is going to look like, especially with Joe Brady and – Todd Gurley, I mean, not Todd Gurley, Teddy Bridgewater, but I like it. Teddy deserved the money after what happened to him. He came out, it was a really good quarterback, had an unfortunate injury, and then just had to sit and wait for his turn. That is. That's the thing that kind of blew my mind. I feel like he should have had got a chance right after that, man. For sure, for sure. But he got his chance now. He got his chance after showing him what he could do for five games, and it got him paid. All right, go ahead and uh, talk about uh, your new quarterback. Phillip Rivers. Yeah, go ahead uh, and break us into that one. So when I got the news about Phillip Rivers, a certain someone who shall not be named called me and was like, one year? One year? Why are we giving him one year? I was – I explained to him, it's it's the best. The Colts are built to win right now. With the acquisition of DeForest Buckner to our defense, the Colts are built to win right now. So we need somebody mm. in there as an experienced quarterback. I told him we need an experienced quarterback. If he does good in his first year and he looks like he still has some tread on the tires, we can extend the contract. But right now, one year, have him in there, draft the quarterback later in the rounds, develop him, and we're all good. Get some help for T.Y., and we're all good. Chris Ballard slowly is becoming the best GM in the NFL, and I stand behind that because what he has done since he has taken over the Indianapolis Colts deserves some type of award. All right, so I'm going to backtrack here because I got up here on the screen uh one of our listeners definitely listens to the podcast we appreciate it Caden gray he went and said head and said not if they did with cam uh not if they play like they did with cam newton there and uh Kaden, that's definitely something that i was talking about uh i don't know it i don't know what that offensive line is going to truly look like man um i'm gonna go ahead bruce he he's still in the chat we appreciate you bro uh, he said Phillip Rivers is washed up. I disagree with this. 
I disagree. I think that this is something that the Indianapolis Colts need. I think that they got playmakers on the outside that can actually do something. And I think that this is a perfect fit for him. I'm I'm a big fan of Phillip Rivers. Seeing my man Cardell Jones was with the San Diego Chargers or whatever they are now. He was with the Chargers, and he talked about how Phillip Rivers could dissect the defense just just looking at it from the sidelines. How he could he he knew he knew certain things about offenses, and so mentally. This man is definitely ready, and I think he'll be able to pick up on his offense and be able to pick up on the defenses in this conference a lot better. Uh, Bruce shaking my head. Let's go. Kane said he's got good knowledge and will be good to teach someone young. Exactly. The knowledge is the key. When you have a quarterback, like a lot of people do, do not take this into account, but the NFL is very mental. Go back and we could talk about Deshaun Watson and how he realized after the game, he realized and went through the mental aspects of how he lost that game. I'm telling you, when you got a veteran like this, it really takes some time and takes some getting used to. But I think the Indianapolis Colts are, are there to shine. Now, I don't know about you, you know, the GM. I mean, you didn't talk your man Andrew Luck into coming back, man. Uh, I mean, was he one of the reasons why Andrew Luck went away? You you also, was was he part of the reason why my man PJ uh, isn't there? Go ahead, talk to me. That's it. <laughs> um, Frank Reich actually says that him and Andrew Luck are good friends, and he doesn't see... Andrew coming back to the NFL at all. So I'm not, we, we did what in the time that we had Andrew, we did. The management wasn't the best. He got up out of a bad situation. Now he's trying to find himself without football and I'm here for it because all he ever did was give me good memories. <laughs> But Chris Ballard, I'm trying to tell you, we've only had three first-round draft picks, and we now have uh, Darius Leonard, DeForest Bunkner, uh, Kiko Tarai. I, I mess up on his name all the time. We got your boy Malik Hooker. We are still flirting with getting Eric Berry. We we going to be straight. Watch yeah. whenever we come back. All right, man, let's go ahead and uh... – since Caden is on here, we might as well go ahead and uh, talk about Tom Brady. Yes, P.J. Walker is going to be Teddy Bridger, uh, Bridgewater's backup. It's a, it's about time somebody saw talent because we know the coach did. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and talk about my man Tom Brady. He signs a two-year, $50 million guaranteed deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean – 50 million for two years, 25 million, 25 million per year. I mean, I know they call him the GOAT, but we're gonna end up finding out. I'm not sure if Tampa Bay was the right fit for him. I thought maybe the Chargers would have been a better fit for Tom Brady, but I mean, only time will tell. Um, 
I mean, what, what what do you think about this, man? Is Tampa Bay was the the quarterback situation the only thing they missing? I mean, I know Jameis Winston was known for throwing picks, but didn't they have yeah, other problems? <laughs> I mean, isn't there other problems there than just the quarterback? For sure, but when you look at it from Tom Brady's aspect, you go down there, you have OJ Howard, you got Chris Godwin, you got Mike Evans. Yeah, they got receivers galore. This was the thing. This is exactly what they were missing in New England. He didn't have a consistent receiver. He, I'm pretty sure none of he their receivers. Need no receivers though. He, what? He Gronkowski, Randy Moss, Julian Edelman. Bruh, bruh, he was he not doing this stuff before Randy Moss? He was, but All right. when how, how many how many wide receivers has this man made famous? A lot, actually. Okay, that's that's that that's what I'm saying, man. I ain't really I ain't trying to hear the the. I mean. All I got to say is this man with the wide receivers he about to have at Tampa Bay, this man better put up NFL records galore. I'm not really the biggest fan of Brady, so I don't want to see. I really don't want to see him succeed like that, honestly. So I did a a Twitter poll, man, and it basically talked about the uh, Cadence Patriots, and it, it was basically based off of how would the Patriots do without Tom Brady? Would they be successful or would they not be? So uh, the options was yes, no, and they will find a way to uh, cheat to win is what I had. So uh, you got 41% saying the Patriots will not be successful, 35% saying that they will be successful, and 24% saying that they will find a way to cheat to win, man. Uh, let's see. Let, let's go ahead and see what Kane say. Uh, Brady is a, a fan for life. The reason I was such a Patriots fan, Bruce Arians is a QB whisperer uh, weapons. Yes, I do agree. Bruce Arians is a QB whisperer. Definitely looking forward to see what Bruce Arians does. But if he doesn't get it done with Tom Brady, what happens to Bruce Arians? All right. Uh, Bruce says he goes down there because he got a house and is warm. <laughs> I mean, he did sell his house in, in Boston really quick, and that was kind of the indicator that Tom wasn't coming back. So... I mean, it is what it is. I'll tell you this. Bill Belichick is probably sitting there telling Robert Kraft, mf I told you so. We should have kept my boy Garoppolo. That's who I wanted. The, the dude left. I'm telling you, that's who's really mad right now is Bill Belichick. You can say what you want. They can come out with all the political speak. But I know my, my dude Bill Belichick saw this coming. Saw Tom Brady was done with them, and they should have kept Garoppolo, man. For sure. I'm hearing rumors that they're interested in getting Jacoby back, which for the right price, they can have him. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, you you about ready to get rid of everybody now. Hey, like I said, I, I just want to win. I just want to know the Super Bowl, Reed. 
Hey, my man Kane said Bill Belichick will find a way to win. I don't know. We might have another tattoo gate. I mean, the play <laughs> gate or uh, something. You know, he going to find a way. All right, let's go ahead and uh, talk about, man. UFC has canceled some events. I know you keep up with the UFC. Go ahead and let them know what's uh, canceled. And, you know, because uh, my man my man Dana White said, we not really canceling anything until there's a government shutdown. So let the people know what what's canceled and what, what fights we still have going on because that's really all the sports we got. The UFC, they had a fight card, a fight night card for the 21st. It was Tyron Woodley versus Leon Edwards. It was supposed to be overseas in Britain, but with the travel ban, couldn't happen. So at the last minute, they were trying to put it together. Couldn't put it together with a main without a main event. So that card just ended up folding. And then they just went ahead and canceled two more events for this month, and one well. One for this month, one for the beginning of the next month. But they still have the UFC 249 Khabib versus Tyler Ferguson scheduled for April 28th. And if that one still goes down, that is a big fight. And I am excited to see that fight. Don't know. I'm still – I don't even know if it's going to happen yet. But since I've heard it, I've tossed around in my head who would win this fight because they are both just amazing athletes and amazing competitors. And hopefully, if it happens, it's a good fight. Definitely, man. I, I really think that it's going to be a good fight. Uh, like we talked about in the last episode or the last time we talked about the UFC, man. We talked about how how much of a beast Khabib is. And just, just ready to see another fight because I know my man Ferguson is definitely a beast as well. So uh, let's go ahead and talk about some uh, players that played in the XFL that we're expecting to go ahead and uh, sign with the NFL. We see the MVP of the XFL, P.J. Walker, has already got – yeah, he's already got his contract deal. He good. I mean, this man is good. (laughs) But my thing is, is I know know that he wants to show that he is more than just a backup quarterback. So, I mean, how how is this going to go down? I don't know. I'm excited to see the competition, though. Can he can he beat out Teddy Bridgewater? Will Teddy Bridgewater even let him get close? This is this is something I'm gonna look at very closely when the time comes for practice and all of that. I still still am a PJ Walker fan. Not gonna act like I'm not, even though he's on the Panthers now, and even though he should still be on the Colts. But it's all good. I'm excited to see this. I feel like he's going to do big things, whether if he gets a shot in Carolina or not, I feel like he will stay in the NFL and somebody else will give him a chance. Exactly. I think, to be honest, I think that we will end up seeing him and Teddy Bridgewater on the field at the same time, because this is my thing. If you can get him the ball in space, you know, he's going to make a man miss, you know? And then if he does get the ball in space behind the line of scrimmage, you also have to take into account he might just throw that mug because he has an arm. And this is what people did not did not pay attention to when he was in the XFL. 
This man was putting balls through windows, windows, tight windows. Yes, he had a couple interceptions, but this man was putting the ball through windows. So when you talk about NFL caliber quarterbacks, I do think P.J. Walker has that. The the thing about it and the only knock about him is his height. Uh, do you got uh, – go ahead and give me a player that you think is going to go ahead and be in the NFL after after this, man. Uh, I want to go with Jordan Tamu. He he will more than likely get another shot in the NFL. He did really good for the Battle Hawks. He, I want to say, was the reason why that team was so good offensively because yeah. extended plays with his legs, had nice drives, didn't really turn the ball over that much. Right. That's that's things people in the NFL like to see. So here's here's to him, hopefully, getting back to the league. Yeah, if you did not keep up with the XFL or if you didn't keep up with the stat the stat sheets of the I mean not the NFL, the XFL, what you would have saw was Jordan Tamu was the number one quarterback in passer completions, which means this man was highly accurate. He knew when to keep the ball, how to extend ex, like he like you said, extend drives. This man knew exactly what to do, and he showed NFL caliber playmaking ability. So I definitely think that he should be getting picked up. I mean, I would have rather, you know, the, the Browns pick this guy. I mean, not the Browns, the Bears pick this guy over Nick Foles because I don't know how he was overlooked. That's what you, you're looking for someone who doesn't turn the ball over that much. You're looking for someone who knows how to extend drives. And that's what Tamu did, man. Uh, one of our, Caden says, I hated seeing Tamu beat Arkansas in college. I mean, and the way the way he went ahead and beat Arkansas was extending drives and just not turning the ball over and making plays. Uh, let's see. Who else uh, do we think is, is going to make it? You got anybody else? Uh, somebody else who I would love to see make it. I want to say that boy from the everything school, Matt Jones. Matt Jones ranked second in the XFL in rushing yards. He is very good running inside between the tackles, and he's still kind of young. I want to say 26, 27. Still got some tread on the tires. I would love to see him make it back in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with my man, Nelson Spruce. Now, he was out. Uh, with the injury, he did have a knee injury. But if he's able to come back and be healthy, I think this guy, he came on to the scene very early in the XFL. And I think that this guy's a playmaker, man. Uh, great route running ability. Uh, can take the top off of a defense. I think that this guy is definitely poised to get signed with an NFL team. They're going to have to give him a physical and give him a nice workout. But I don't think that Nelson Spruce is uh, the last one that we've heard of. Uh, any any disappointments that we thought probably would come out and get an NFL contract, but ended up uh, regressing or didn't didn't do too well. Uh, not necessarily. I mean, my guy PJ was the main one I wanted to get a contract. He was the first person to get a contract, which it's rightfully deserved 
But other than Jordan Tamu and Matt Jones, it's not really too many other people I would I can see or that I would like to see in the NFL. I feel you, man. I feel you. Um my my person I'm gonna say was a little bit disappointed was Cardell Jones. You know, it did look like ah uh, my man, my man Kane said it too. Uh Cardell Jones looked good the first two games, yes. He looked good the first two games, you know, had a rocky start in the third game, and then, you know, they, they benched him basically after that and put in a new guy. But, I mean, like like we said, he's never – this was the first time he actually got to start, you know, in a season. And then because of the Rona, he didn't really get to, you know, finish it out. So that, that also kind of sucks as well. He had to look over his back again. But this was the first time that he actually got to come out, feel like, you know, this was his team. And there are some mechanical issues that he needs to fix. I don't know who his QB coach is. I'll tell you who he needs to get with is my man, uh, the QB coach that Deshaun Watson, uh, Quincy Avery. That, you know, that's who, who Deshaun Watson, Dwayne Haskins works out with and multiple other – even Justin Fields works out with him. Emory Jones. Of, yeah, Emory Jones. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> bro, that's why I said about Dan Mullen, bro. He don't know. He don't know, bro. Flat out. So, I mean, there definitely was a mechanical issue. Cardell Jones seemed to throw some balls a little low or short. I don't know if it was – wide receiver things but he came out so strong in the beginning but then I don't I don't know if he just got comfortable or what it was but he's going to have to probably come back to the XFL and show them a little bit more for sure he will he will I'll tell you this when the XFL does come back he will no longer be the face I know who the new face will be more than likely got his who? got his own 30 for 30 coming out real soon who James Winston. <laughs> you telling me James Winston ain't gonna have no? He not gonna be on any NFL team. You see, you see his post. See y'all in February. Hey, <laughs> you ain't gonna be playing for nobody in February. You gonna be getting ready for the XFL, son. Hey, I tell you this: we could possibly be seeing a lot of people playing in the XFL if they don't like this uh, NFL agreement. For sure, C- or I should say the CBA agreement, man. But for sure, we. We already saw, uh, what was it, Cam Jordan on the sideline of one of the XFL games. Yeah, but he was he was working on his post-NFL uh, career. That man ain't going nowhere. Uh, let's just talk some uh, – let's talk some predictions, you know. In college football, who do you see making it maybe in the top four in the playoffs? This is all – definitely when we're doing this, this is subject to change. There's a lot that can happen that make us change. We're just doing this for fun. Well, I'm gonna go one, one to four. One. You ain't even, it ain't even gotta be. It ain't gotta even be ranked. Just go ahead and throw out four, cause I'm not gonna rank mine. <laughs> okay. Well, of course, Florida, Ohio State, Clemson. And 
I want to give it to Alabama, but I just don't. I'm not. I I don't believe in Mac Jones, so I'll go ahead and say Oklahoma because Spencer Rattler is going. Spencer Rattler going to be special. I think was I think what's going to hurt hurt Oklahoma and Spencer Rattler right now is the fact that they don't have spring practice. You know, but they're not the only program that's going to go with that. So I am going to throw Oklahoma in there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to give you, uh, uh, one A and B. I'm going to say that it's going to be from the SEC. It's going to be Florida. Emory Jones is starting for Florida. It, I guarantee, I guarantee you it will be Florida. If Emory Jones is the starter, but if not, then I'm going to have to say Auburn. Yes. I said Auburn again. I am not picking Alabama. To win, I'm saying Auburn, all right? Uh, three, Ohio State, and I'm going to have to say number four, I'm going to go with Clemson because I really don't see anybody in the ACC that can keep up with them. I would say the U, but they couldn't even pick Tate Martell to be their quarterback knowing that they needed an elusive quarterback starting two true freshman tackles on either side. Uh, I know that they they fired the offensive coordinator thinking that it was his fault, but really, you fired a head coach because that's who fault it really was. It is what it is, man. Uh, that's going to be be my picks uh, in college football. You got anything else you want to talk about or anything well, else you want to add? Well, you brought, up, you brought up the who, you know, the University of Miami, the who, but um, you just made me think about how Grant put on his Twitter about who's the best quarterback in the big three, uh, you know, Florida, Florida, Miami, Florida State, and De'Aaron King is now at Miami. De'Aaron King was the starter over Kyle Trask in high school, the reason why he didn't get no snaps. But now we're getting to see both of them. So I want to see how this is going to turn out. Like, who's going to have the better season? I just know the coach from high school is just like, yes, I got them both in there. But (laughs) I'm excited to see how it plays out because, you know, that's a little – that is just a little competition that goes into the whole game, between the fans at least, because, you know, we be getting rowdy and all that on social media. So – yeah. All right. So I, I do want to uh, go ahead and let the fans know what we're planning on. What we're planning on is to bring people on here who actually cover, you know, top teams that are in the in the uh, Power Five, in the ACC, Big Ten, Big Twelve, ACC, and also the Pac-12 as well. So looking for that. Uh, Grant is definitely someone we want to get on the show. He covers NMD TV. If you haven't heard of it, go check it out. It's definitely he covers uh, college football twenty four seven. What is what he likes to say, and he really does. Uh, definitely a great source to uh, go check out as well. So we're planning on getting him on the show. Uh, some others, I'm going to keep those under wraps for sure. But make sure that you subscribe, you get the notifications, so that way you know when it comes out and you know what's hot, man. We appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Fans Edge. Uh, go to Anchor, 
feel free to leave us a voice message. We'll put that on the show as well. Uh, next time, if you did watch, make sure you go ahead and put in the comments, man. You see, I'm going ahead. I'm adding people on the screen, and we will talk to you. Join the conversations. Uh, make sure you're following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And we out. Love y'all.